guys love that song? So powerful. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. Jesus, we thank you that you are a generational God. You can connect with grandma. You can relate with mom. But you speak our language too. Lord, help us open up our heart to you in a fresh way. Jesus, thank you that we can talk to you like a father. We can talk to you like a friend. What a friend you are, Jesus. When our hearts are open to you this morning, we believe you have a word for us each individually. What a friend we have in Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So good. Man, all the worship songs this morning, right? The blessing song. From generation to generation. Our children's children's children for a thousand generations. Generational faith that this song talked about. Seeing grandma pray. It looks like mumbling. Seeing grandma or seeing mama pray. And then praying ourselves. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas. How you guys doing? It's a good day. Man, the mama heart is fierce. I can feel it already. I can feel the fierceness of the mama heart. So good morning again. So glad you guys are with us. Good morning to those of you joining online. And for all the mamas, for all the mamas-to-be, for all the mamas with the new baby, with the young baby, for all the mamas with the elementary and the high school and the young adult kids, for all the grandmas and the great-grandmas, happy Mother's Day. Today, I hope you don't have to make a meal. I hope you don't have to wash a dish. I hope you don't have to do nothing but just enjoy the day and feel celebrated. For the spiritual mamas, man, we're in the house of God, we're in the church, and so there's so many spiritual mamas here this morning. And um, so happy Mother's Day to you, man. You're investing your life into the next generation, teaching the word to the babies and kids' church or to the youth and alive youth. You're, you're creating an atmosphere here for people to grow in faith, and that's an eternal legacy of motherhood. And man, I recognize on a, on a day like today, Lord, um, the, the tenderness of this day, for maybe some of you lost your mom this year, or maybe you grew up without a mom, or maybe you desperately want to be a mom. Man, we, our heart is with you, and we pray that today you feel God's tangible love and comfort in this moment. This morning we're talking about got it from mama. We're talking about generational faith. And the inspirational text for this morning is found in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5 through 6. Uh, the book of 2 Timothy is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the young minister Timothy. And um, in this scripture, he's, he's exhorting Timothy in what he sees in him. So let's read it together. In 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 6, it says, Paul is saying to Timothy, Hey, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mama Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So I love this scripture. It might just kind of look like a common scripture, but there's so much that we could pull out of this scripture. You know, I'd love to ask the Apostle Paul, tell me about Grandma Lois and tell me about Mama Eunice. And I want to hear all the details of what are the relationship dynamics here that he's talking about? 
Um, I know a lot of the ladies in the audience, whether you're a mom or a wife or a girlfriend, your significant other goes to a party with a bunch of people that you both know, but you can't be there, and he comes home, and you want to know all the details. Who was there and what they say, and not only what did they say, but like how were they feeling when they said it? Like I know they said that, but like what were they really saying? Anybody relate to me on that? So I want to know this about this scripture. Like what was the relationship dynamics happening in these relationships? Paul, how did Paul meet Grammy and Mama? And what were they like? And how did Timothy come to faith? And what was all of their journeys? I want to know it all. And we, we actually have a little glimpse even beyond this Timothy scripture. In the book of Acts, uh, chapter 14 through 16, we see a little glimpse into these relationships. This genuine faith that Timothy got from his mama, who got it from Timothy's grandma. And you can see in, in Acts um, 14, you can see that the Apostle Paul's first missionary journey was to a bunch of different places, but one of those places was an ancient city called Lystra. And in that city, um, you know, Apostle Paul went there to preach Jesus. And in the midst of preaching Jesus, there was a crippled man who had been crippled his whole life. And through the power of God, the Apostle, prayed for him, the Apostle Paul prayed for him, and this crippled man could walk and was totally restored. And the whole town went nuts. Like it flipped the whole town upside down to the point where they started like worshiping the Apostle Paul and they wanted to like build shrines and be like, you stay here forever because they were blown away by this. And so you can imagine, it's probably, you know, the, this ancient town of Lystra wasn't that big. So it's very likely, we know that um, Granny Lois and Mama Eunice, we know that they were devout Jews. And it's very likely that they could have seen this miracle as an eyewitness account. They for sure heard about it in the town square. And could it have been that this moment was the moment that they put their faith in Jesus? I think it's very likely. We don't hear about Timothy in that first missions or ministry trip that Paul took, but we hear about him in the second. And in every context that we're told about Timothy, we're told you can infer that he got his faith from mom and grandma. You can infer that they believed in Jesus first and then he did. So you can almost see the scene, right, where grandma and, and mama were out shopping or they're out in the town square and they come running home saying, oh my gosh, brother Joe, crippled brother Joe can walk. Can you believe it? There's this guy talking about how the Messiah has come and oh my gosh, you can imagine how maybe Timothy first heard about Jesus through his mom and through his grandma. But we see in Acts 16, verse 1, I don't have it for the screens, but in Acts 16, 1, we hear a little bit more about Timothy's story. And that Acts 16, 1 is Paul's second ministry missionary trip to Lystra. And in this trip, we hear about Timothy. And... Um, so you can assume that somewhere between Paul's first missionary trip and his second, Timothy put his faith in Jesus and became a devout believer. And from what we know in these scriptures, he became a leader among the believers. And so um, you, we find out in Acts 16.1, it says again how his mom was a Jew, Jewish believer, but we also hear a little bit about his dad. And all the scripture says is that his dad was Greek, but it doesn't mention that his dad was a believer. You can see that his dad was Greek, and you can assume that he wasn't a believer. So we see these layers 
of these different relational dynamics in Timothy's home. Ladies, aren't you so glad you know the backstory? Like, doesn't this scripture make so much more sense now? And fellas, I'm sure you appreciate it too, right? So we, we see these relationship dynamics, but there was something about grandma and mom's faith that was authentic, that was sincere. The, the literal translation of that phrase, sincere faith, could be translated to say, um, oh, what's the word? Unhypocritical faith. You could literally translate sincere faith to be unhypocritical faith. There was this faith that Timothy saw in his mom and his grandma that he said, this is the real deal. They're not just putting on a show in the temple. They're not just putting on a show when Paul comes to town. But they are like, this is like real deal stuff. And it has transformed their life. And there's something about that that Timothy was like, that's the real deal. And I I need to have a part of that in my life. You can see other translations translate this phrase differently. In the message, it says, uh, the message translation of 2 Timothy 1 says, your honest faith and what a rich faith it is handed down from your grandma and your mom. Then in the passion, it refers to it as strong faith. Strong faith passed down your family line. And then on Mother's Day, we've got to include the amplified classic transition. Go ahead and put that up because we've got like four times the amount of words used in this one, and we just have to have all of it fully explained with all the words, right? But the Amplified Translation set calls it sincere and unqualified faith. It defines it as this kind of faith where you lean your entire personality on God. Mama and Grammy had this kind of full dependency on God, absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, his goodness, a faith that first lived permanently in their heart. I love that word permanently. The, grandma and mama's faith wasn't this fade, fad, like they really got passionate about God and then it faded. No, this was like this permanent thing. It was a permanent part of their life. There was no shaking their faith in Jesus. And it's this kind of faith that was passed down to Timothy. So we're talking about, Paul is saying, Timothy, I see that genuine faith in you. I see this generational faith in you. He got it from his mama. Go ahead and nudge your neighbor and say, he got it from his mama. He got it from his mama. There's all kinds of things we can get from mama. Maybe you got your loud laugh from mama. Maybe you got your big mouth from mama. Maybe you got your freckles from mama. Or maybe you got your height from mama. Or maybe you got your love for desserts from your mama. I don't know. You got something from your mama. And some of the things we get from mama are because her blood, her her genes are running through our veins. Some of the things we got from mama is because she taught us certain things. But there's a lot that we get from mama because we caught it from mama. Um, This scripture about genuine faith that Timothy caught from his mom and from his grandma, I, I believe with all my heart that's the only way that generational faith continues generation to generation. It's not because of things that we said, but it's because of things that we did that the next generation catches. I've heard it said um, this way, you, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. We teach what we know. And kids, kids are the greatest, like, honest detectors, truth detectors, right? Like, you can say one thing, but they know what you really mean. Or you can say one thing, but live a different way. They're going to follow how you live. So we teach what we know, 
but we reproduce who we are. And so Grammy Lois and Mama Eunice, they reproduced in Timothy who they were. This wasn't just what they said, it was what they did. And so you can imagine, I'm sure, that they had religious habits in their home. I'm sure that they read the, the Bible together, or the Torah together. I'm sure that temple attendance and all of these things were part of their, of their rhythms as a family, but it was more the spirit of faith that Timothy caught. He caught it from his mama. Um, and I can relate with this. I grew up in a Christian home. My mom was at first service. I gave her a shout out. My mom-in-law was online first service, but we, have, we come from a great tradition of faith on both sides. But I can relate to this. Um, you know, I don't remember. I know my parents read the Bible to me. I know we prayed together. I know all of those things, but I can't remember like specific Bible lesson moments with my mom. <laughs> I can't. And honestly, if I could be honest, we've been in church like almost every Sunday for the last 20 years. Like, I can't remember exact words of all the messages. I grew up, in, I grew up going to kids' church. I don't remember the lessons. But there's certain things that I caught growing up, certain memories, certain moments that there was a spirit of faith that I caught because of who my mom was, because of who my parents were. I remember in seventh grade, I had really, um, really uh, like significant back surgery, like a seven-hour surgery. There was an infection. It was, it was a big deal, and I was in a back brace for half a year and a pick line and all the things. And um, after I had recovered, I started going to physical therapy, and I would go once a week to Powerhouse in Brighton. And on the way there, I have vivid memories of driving there with my mom, and every time we drove, she'd put on the 1996 Hillsong Shout to the Lord album. And she'd, either that one or Touching Heaven, Changing Earth a couple years later. But she blasted the volume. You know when your mama turns up the volume and it's like, we ain't talking, you're going to listen to this song. (laughs) It was that kind of a thing. And I remember I caught in that moment. There's a lot of medical stuff. There's a lot of, you know, physical therapy stuff that we're doing, but I caught that the Lord is my healer, and we're going to put our faith in Jesus as we go through this physical therapy and everything. I caught that. It's a a moment that I have, something I caught, not that I was taught, but I caught who she was in that moment. You know, I grew up in a family um, where my extended family, there is a, a culture of faith, and so I have distinct memories growing up and hearing my parents talk with my aunts and uncles and my grandparents about the Lord, about the relationship with the Lord, about about how church was a part of their life. And, you know, I caught in those gatherings that, man, our faith is just a part of everyday life. It's not something that we hide in the closet, but, man, we openly talk about it as a family. You know, I have um, distinct memories of going to church on Sunday mornings. I, have, I remember the feeling of security as a child, standing next to my dad, my family, but distinctly standing next to my dad as he's holding the hymnal, and I hear his booming voice singing these praises to God. I remember catching um, the, the, um, the security and the peace that I felt by making, um, being a part of a church community part of my life. I remember hopping in the vehicle after church and Casey Kasem Top 40 was on. And, um, and if it was a really good Sunday, going to, <laughs> going to Little Chef afterwards. But I caught, I caught that man being part of a church community, I want to be, this is going to be a part of my life forever. I remember as a young adult, like at the very end of my high school years, going into my college years, 
going up to my parents' cottage, and I'm the oldest, and so I remember going up to the cottage, and every time, like, a new significant other or boyfriend would come, Eric would, was the first one, that my mom unashamedly, as she's making breakfast in the morning, blessed that worship mu- music from the CD player in the kitchen. And it was intentional, <laughs> because then it always led to some kind of conversation about faith at the dinner table, and I remember catching hey, we're not going to change what we listen to because there's a new person at this gathering. This is who we are, and this is, this is we're going to worship whether our new boyfriend's here or not. I remember catching that. I remember the culture of genuine, unashamed faith that I caught as a young child. I remember prayer as a family. I remember some really honest and raw and real conversations about God with my mom. There's things that I caught, and I don't remember all that I was taught, but I caught the sincere faith that was a part of my mother, and I'm so grateful for that. Mamas, we reproduce who we are and not what we know. Little eyes and big eyes are watching to see, are we the same in every situation? I love that sincere faith could be translated to um, be unhypocritical faith. Little eyes especially see, is, is mama different at church than she is in the neighborhood than she is? at work? Is is this really a part of who she is or is she putting on a front? Little eyes and big eyes are watching that and and who we are is reproduced more than what we teach. You know, I've heard it said that the spirit of faith could be lost in one generation. God could do some amazing things in one generation, but if it's not passed down to the next, then those great things that God did in one generation is lost in, in the midst of one generation. In a huge way that we pass down, um, Faith from generation to generation is sharing what the Lord has done. I love this scripture in Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, One generation shall praise your works to another, or tell of your great works to the next, and shall declare your mighty acts. And so, man, there's so much power in storytelling. There's so much power in inviting our kids into the story that God is writing in our family. I remember growing up and hearing stories of how God moved in my parents' life, and how God moved in my grandma's life, and how God moved in my aunt and uncle's life, and how God in in the moment was working through things in my family. I I remember those stories, and it created a sense of identity for me in the things of God. And and that's what the scripture is saying. Tell the next generation what God did, how God answered your prayers. Sometimes I think we forget to share that with our kids. Share the raw, at a certain age, share the raw and the real of, man, yeah, following God is hard. And in this season, I Almost doubted, but I'm so glad I kept my trust in the Lord. Telling the generation, one generation after the next, of how God is good and what he's doing in your life and what he has already done, it creates this sense of belonging. And it stirs up faith. Man, if God did that for grandma, if God did that for my cousin, if God did that for my mom, then he can do that for me. I'm part of this same story. And for, you know, those of you who are here in person or online, if you've been a believer for a long time, You know, it can be so easy to get into the routine of, we're going to read our Bible before bed, and we're going to pray before meals, and we're going to go to church, and we're going to do all of these habits and disciplines which are important. But this generational faith is more than that. And so I encourage you to pray, God, how can I be intentional about the stories that I'm sharing, inviting my kids into my personal relationship with the Lord? I know for me, sometimes I prefer, I, I do prefer to pray and read the Bible before the kids are awake. And if I hear them stirring and walking down the stairs, I'll, I'll just pull it away because I know like my undistracted time is gone. But 
I've been intentional to be like, I'm going to keep my Bible open. I'm going to keep praying even when I hear the, the um, feet coming down the stairs. Because, yeah, just like that song that we sang, it, they're catching the spirit of what is happening in our family. And maybe if you're here this morning and you're like, I am brand new to church and my family does not have a lineage of faith. I'm the first believer in my family or whatever it might be, and I don't have a long list. I don't have journals full of God's faithfulness in my life. What about me? I just want to encourage you. The greatest miracle, the greatest story that you can give your kids is showing them what God is doing in your life. Just being honest and transparent with them and for them to see how God is transforming your life right before their eyes. Your kids will never forget that. And it's the most authentic and real thing that they can grab a hold of. I remember when mom or dad, where, where faith wasn't a big deal, but I remember the moment growing up where my mom put her faith in Jesus or my dad put her faith in Jesus and everything changed. Amen. Um, so I want to close out with one more thing on this topic. So last week, Eric was um, talking about Jesus' first miracle, turning water to wine at the wedding of Canaan. And as he was talking about that story, you know, I've, I'm meditating knowing that I'm speaking this Sunday, and I could not get away from Jesus' mom in that story. So I just want to loop back around on that story one, one more time, and we'll close here in a minute. So last week we talked about Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Cana, and it, it's in John 2, verse 2 through 5. And it says this. It says, Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And then in verse 3, or in verse um, 4, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this concern have to do with me? My hour has not co yet come. And there is so much that you could learn from that if we knew the tone that Jesus said that in. <laughs> Jesus turned to his mother and said, I know they're out of wine. What does that have to do with me? And then Jesus' mom, verse 5, turns to the servants and says, hey, do whatever he says to do. I love that. Talking about relationship dynamics, I love that story. But as Eric was teaching about this last Sunday, he made a, a comment that just exploded in my heart. And he said, Jesus' mom put her faith in her son. Jesus' mom put her faith in her son. And, you know, if you look through the Gospels, almost all of Jesus' miracles are in response to someone's faith. Sometimes he does a miracle just because he wants to do a miracle. But usually his miracles were in response to someone believing that he could do that miracle. And so I think it's just so significant and so powerful as a mom that Jesus' first miracle was in response to his mother's faith. How cool is that? There's so much strength in that, right? As mamas, you know, we get to, if you got sons, you know, you tell their wife someday, I was the first one to love them. <laughs> but in the, in the realm of faith, in, our, in the realm of our kids' callings, in the purpose in their life, as moms, as parents, as, as spiritual leaders, we have the first to put our trust in the next generation, to put our faith in the next generation. And Mary did that. Mary was the first one, you know, the angel came to Mary when, before she even conceived and, and she knew what was in her son. But she was the first one to call it out. And her faith was the first thing that Jesus responded to. There's so much in that that's so powerful to me. 
She saw it, she called it out, and she had faith in it. And I was listening to a church leadership podcast recently, and this communicator was talking about how she was doing a study on the correlations between women who went off to seminary or went off to Bible school to go into full-time ministry. And this communicator was looking for common denominators of these women who did this. And she got done with her studies and she found the one most predominant common denominator in all of these women was that at some point in their childhood and adolescence, there was someone who called out greatness in them. They could all recall a mom or a dad or a youth pastor or a coach or a teacher who pulled them aside and said, hey, I see greatness in you. I see God's purpose on your life. I see, I see a, a God-given talent. I see a God-given call on your life. And I don't know, but you just got to do something about that. All of these women had that moment where, where a mama or a dad or a, or a pastor or a leader in their life called out greatness in them. Man, mamas and, and leaders and dads and all of us, let's be generous with our words in this next generation. Generous to say, hey, I see this in you. This next generation needs it so much. There is hope. There is great. I have great hope for this next generation. And man, we need to speak life over them. We need to call out the greatness that we see in them. And you know, that loops me back to, we started off talking about Paul and Timothy. That's what Paul was doing to Timothy. This young minister who has just is just growing in his faith in Jesus. And, and the apostle Paul says to Timothy, hey, I see this in you. I see this genuine faith in you so powerful. The power of our words to call out greatness, to call out purpose, to call out destiny in the next generation. Mary saw it and called it out. She was the first to put faith in Jesus. The apostle Paul did this all the time, and especially with Timothy, he called out greatness in the next generation. Hey, I see this in you. I believe in you. I see the call on your life. So as mamas this Mother's Day, and hey, for the fathers and for the the grandmas and the grandpas and the aunts and the uncles and the, the, the spiritual mamas and all of the things. Let's be intentional to do this for the next generation, to carry on this generational faith that's caught and not taught. We do it by living out authentically, unapologetically, unhypocritically before the next generation. We do it by sharing our journey with them, right? Sharing stories of God's faithfulness, his kindness to us personally, to our family, to our friends. And we do it by being intentional to be generous with our words and calling out the greatness, putting faith in the next generation for them to run with it. I'll close with a scripture of encouragement. Isaiah 54, 13 says, In all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And man, Lord, what an honor, what a responsibility, what a weight to call out the greatness in the next generation. Lord, that we would be a church family, that we would be a people of God that intentionally, authentically, honestly live out our faith and call up the next generation to live this genuine faith. Help us, Lord, see how we can do that. Help us to see our place in, in multiplying, reproducing the faith that you have put within us to the next generation. 
And for the mamas and for the grandmas here this morning that you've got grown kids or you've got school-age kids, you've got any age kid and they're far from the Lord. Lord, we lift up these children. Lord, we lift up these grandchildren. And Lord, we ask you and we believe you, Lord, that your face would shine upon them. Lord, that you would draw their hearts towards you. Lord, that they wouldn't leave this earth without having a personal relationship with you, Jesus. And Lord, for the mamas here this morning, for the ladies here this morning who want to be mamas, Lord, the desire of their heart is to be a mom. Lord, I thank you that you comfort them. Lord, that you wrap them up in your love this morning. And Lord, we apply, we agree in faith with them that you shall fulfill the desires of their heart. Lord, we thank you for miracles. We thank you for wisdom. And we thank you for peace on next steps. Lord, we love you so much. Pray this all in Jesus' name. With all eyes closed and head bowed, we never like to end service without giving the invitation for people to put their faith and trust in Jesus. You might be here this morning and you're hearing all this talk about authentic faith, sincere faith, and you're like, I don't have that. I know I don't. I'm not sure how I feel about all of this, but man, the only thing that Jesus said, he said, hey, we'll sort out all of the questions. We'll sort out the lifestyle. We'll sort out all of the yuck in your heart. But to come and talk to Jesus like a friend, talk to Jesus like a father, it just, it just is coming to him in faith. Scripture says that we can't earn our way to God. We can never be good enough to have relationship with God. That's why Jesus came and died for our sins, that we could approach God as a sin never existed because it's not on our own merits. It's because of what Jesus did. So if you're here this morning and you've never had that line in the sand moment where you believed with all of your heart, you took that step of faith to say, you know what, God, I don't have all the answers, but I know I need you. And I'm going to walk this out and you're going to need to help me, God, because this is foreign territory. But this morning, I do believe, Jesus, that you are God. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose three days later. And I believe that the only way to heaven is through faith in you as my Lord. So today I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. And I'm going to declare with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Help me walk this out. My faith and my trust is in you. I want you to be the center of my life. I want to talk to you like a friend. Jesus, I want to start talking to you and, and walking this out. With all eyes closed and head bowed, if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? Say, I want to pray that prayer for the first time, maybe for the second time, rededicate my life to the Lord. Amen. Church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and we put our faith and our trust in him. Jesus, today, I call you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.